Reese Campbell, and I'm going to be a junior at West Forsyth High School, and I am a part of River Oaks Youth, and I am so excited to be here. Who's excited for you Sunday? Yeah, that's, I'm excited too. I'm excited too. I'm Austin Grace Wolf. I'm a junior at Winston-Salem Christian, and I'm so excited for Youth Sunday. Okay, so I have a question for some people in here. Let me hear if you went to Big Stuff this Woo! summer. Who went to Big Stuff? Oh, yeah, okay. Big Stuff was awesome, and Austin Grayson's going to tell you a little bit about that. Go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> this summer we took a trip to Big Stuff. So for those of you that don't know, Big Stuff is a church summer camp in Panama City Beach. And so each day we did a morning session and then a night session, and it was awesome. Like, it was so cool. The Lord moved in so many ways, and it was just so much fun. We played so many games. We had so much time on the beach. It was just a ton of fun. Yeah, we had a great time. The Lord was definitely there. I mean, His Spirit was, like, just, like, poured out all over us, and it was just awesome to be a part of that and um, get to see that. We also had one person get baptized, and that was Kale Best. Yeah, Kale. That is something to get excited for, right? Um, but there was so many God moments. We're going to talk a little bit more about that um, in a video that we're going to watch here in a second. But, um, it, like, there was, I mean, Jesus was there, and it was awesome is all I can say. Hello. Oh, all right. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ethan Jones, and I'm a rising junior at Calvary. <clears throat> Big Stuff was by far the greatest week of my life. It was a week that the youth had been talking about for over a year. I can remember how badly people were wanting to go, begging Brian to let us. The week finally came. We had a 10 and a half hour bus ride. But luckily I had all my friends and they made it feel like 30 minutes. As we stayed in a hotel that was beachfront, many of us would get up in the morning and have Bible studies by the beach, pray over one another and have personal time with the Lord. After breakfast and dinner, everyone would head into the ballroom for the message and worship. A professional band named Forever Free led worship that week, and it was amazing. After some services, I would be walking back to my room, and I would see many of my friends praying over absolute strangers that they felt the Lord was leading them to pray over. Before camp, I'd been spending a lot of time in prayer and asking the Lord to help and show me what it is that he wants for me to do. So often I get asked the question, what college are you planning to go to? Or what do you want to do after high school? And honestly, I didn't really know anymore. Kale decided to get baptized that week, and God and the Lord really showed up as well. I remember waiting at the pool for Kale and Brian and for Kale to come, and Brian yells my name for me to come over. Kale has the biggest smile on his face and asks me if I wanted to help in baptizing him. I was jumping for joy. Absolutely thrilled with this opportunity. Obviously, I said yes, and was able to help in baptizing my best friend. The Lord really showed me where he wants me in so many ways that week, from the, from the baptism to him putting strangers in front of me to minister to, and the Lord worked through me to even lead a student to give his life to Christ. James 4, 13 through 15 says, Now listen, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. 
Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And now I just want to leave you all with a word of encouragement. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So I ask you all to just give your yes to Jesus and live faithful to what it is he wants you to do. Thank you. Um, and now we have um, Preston Hendrick, who is a student um, who just left for college, but he made a video for us, so here it is. Good morning, River Oaks Community Church. If you don't know me, my name is Preston Hendrick. Uh, I was a senior this past year in the youth group, and I was able to go to the high school trip called Big Stuff and the middle school trip called Crowder's Ridge. Um, Andrew gave me the opportunity to uh, speak about one of these trips, uh, and so I'm gonna talk about Big Stuff a little bit uh, and what all happened that week. So, um, Truth be told, I am a, a pastor's kid, so I've been in the church for a long time, and, and I know how it works and how it runs, and uh, I've been in youth my entire life. And uh, one thing that I noticed about this youth that is unlike any other is uh, just their their love for Christ and their surrendering to Christ, and that was very evident uh, at Big Stuff. That was probably the biggest thing that I, that I saw that was just amazing to see, and I don't think I've ever seen before. Um, these kids just just loved Christ that week. They just like the chains that once bonded them uh, were broken, um, and I, I I felt like as their peer, like they were free, um, and they they felt like they could trust the Lord uh, and His plan for their lives. And and seeing that and being able to uh, to to witness that was just an amazing experience, I and mean, it greatly encouraged me. Um, and in my life and um, uh, my my two favorite personal moments of that week were uh, uh, Connor Jones and I were were waking up at six six in the morning and uh, some some people wanted to run but we would wake up extra early at like five thirty five o'clock to watch the sunrise and we just walk on the beach in, in silence and uh, there's uh, a passage in Psalms that, that talks about who God is. And one of the verses uh, says, be still and know that I am God. And that's just all we did. Uh, walking down the beach, just taking in his creation and, and knowing who he is and meditating on that. Uh, my other favorite moment uh, of the week was uh, we, we were able to partake in communion as a youth or some of us at least. And it was amazing and a great experience. And you now I'm, I'm crying because I'm just, I'm focusing on who Christ is and all that communion represents and and just the fact that, that Jesus shed his blood for me and one of my friends comes over and starts crying uh, or tearing up a little bit and he looks at me and goes, Preston, I'm going to miss you. And then I started tearing up and he, and he goes, uh, but I'm so glad that I could have someone like you in my life that I can look up to like an older brother that I've never had and uh, that meant a lot to me. Uh, especially uh, since that's all I've prayed for my entire life was that uh, the Lord uh, can be seen through me and, and his wisdom and his knowledge is, is exemplified through me. And, and just to hear that, um, 
after after he said that i just i started bawling my eyes out and he tried to talk more and i told him to, to be quiet but um just those two moments really stuck out to me because it, it ain't like it's all i've ever wanted from from christ and then to see that passion and the love from other people and and uh, and those experiences and, and to see these kids just surrendering to christ and, and chains falling and and just to be vulnerable with each other and, and with me and um, even my ability to be vulnerable with, with someone like, you know, Connor or uh, Pebbles, like those kinds of moments made that week uh, amazing. Uh, and it was honestly one of the best experiences of my life. And uh, I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for investing in this youth. And I pray and hope that as a church, y'all continue to do that. Uh, but anyways, thank you for the, for the last year, even if you never met me. Uh, this church has served me so well and has loved me um, like their own and I'm, I've been very encouraged and uh, I hope to see y'all soon. Let's give it up one more time for Big Stuff. It was awesome. It was so awesome and I'm so glad we got to go. So then a few weeks later we went to another camp. So let me hear if you went to Crowder's Ridge. Okay, okay. And that was pretty awesome, too. It was like a wilderness camp. It was right outside of Gastonia, so not too far away. Not that long bus ride, not the ten and a half hours. Um, but it was right outside of Gastonia. It was more of a wilderness camp, and there was a bunch of, like, lakes and woods and zip lines and three-man swings and all that, all that kind of stuff. And that was our middle school trip, and a bunch of the high schoolers got to go on that trip to minister to the middle schoolers and just to hang out and have fun and just learn about the Lord together so so at the Crowder's Ridge camp the Lord moved in amazing ways too which is like so encouraging to hear how the Lord is moving in middle schoolers lives because they're gonna do amazing things once they grow up and just be amazing mentors so at Crowder's Ridge there was actually seven confessions of faith let's give it up for that and we also had two baptisms this summer. One of them was Kale, like we've said. And then there was another one, and his name is Evan Hong, and he is in the middle school. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. But you'll get to see those videos even if you weren't there, and they'll be up on the screen. So, yeah. Hi, good morning. My name is Ava Russ, and I'm a rising ninth grader at Cathedral Oak Academy. This summer, I had the chance to go to Crowder's Ridge, only knowing a couple people in our like general group. Throughout the week, I made it my goal to meet multiple new people from different churches and backgrounds, and that I did. I got to know so many people and even found, met some old friends there. Um, the worship time was amazing. Everybody had their hands up in surrender to the Lord and were singing their hearts out. Many people were prayed over and saved each night at camp, including the one boy who got baptized. One of the nights, there was a silent disco-type prayer time, and um, it was dedicated to multiple organizations. When I walked in the room, a wave of the Holy Spirit just hit me. Normally, prayer is a hassle. Close your eyes and just like thank God for every little thing. But this time... It was different. It was sit across the room 
from the God who created the entire universe and ask him to do what he does best, restoration. During this time, I learned the power of prayer, and it can also be seen in these verses, James 5, 15 through 16. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of, righteous, of a righteous person has great power as it is working. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. And let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God will surpass all understanding and will guard, will surpass all, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Jesus Christ. It was so cool to see the Lord work through everyone's lives. Through my new friends, old friends, pastors, tribal leaders, and worship leaders, I learned so much about God's character. Camp encouraged me to get into God's word more because you can't love God without first knowing him. Overall, Crowder's Ridge was an amazing place for me to grow my faith while also having the time of my life. Thank you. Hey guys, uh, my name is Jackson Yoder, and I'm gonna be a freshman at um, West Forsyth. So, um, y'all are scary. <laughs> um, so I was I was raised um, I was raised in a church. My mom always sent me to church. Church youth do it do it all. But um, growing up, I always thought of church as like a um, as like a chore. Like I. I just wasn't seeking God doing that stuff. I went to youth just to have a good time, you know. Wasn't really seeking God. But, like, um, after after this uh, past week at camp, uh, I just think that all changed. I mean, uh, and I was heading to camp just, like, I think it was going to be any other week. Like, just show up to camp, do whatever, get it over with. But, um uh, I mean, that was, I was just completely wrong. So the first night, or the first full day, we had we played paintball. We did a bunch of stuff. Went out to the lake. Um, we had two services. I mean, I wasn't really getting into all that. But um, the second night, the worship was just the worship was amazing. The worship was. Uh, I mean, I just felt like God was pouring out His Spirit all over us. He was just. He was just working that entire night, and um, I felt that, like, I had my hands on my head. I was just amazed, and um, after that, me and me and Ronnie, uh, we just sat outside the, um, the, the farm where we had uh, our service. We just sat there, and in that moment, I was thinking, like, this is, this is real life. This is, this is, like, actually happening, like, heaven or hell, life and death, and... Um, you know, I just thought that was just crazy. And um, the worship was just so great. I don't remember any of the songs, but it was, it was great. And um, I mean, I thought it was so great to see um, Evan get baptized. 
Like, he was one of my, I'd grown up with him, he was one of my best friends. Like, I just thought that was amazing to see how God was working in his life, in our life, in everybody's life at that camp. And um, so, and everybody in my cabin, it was um, four leaders and like maybe four or six of my friends. And we had made a group chat and to keep everybody accountable. And I just feel like that group chat is to make sure that we live life like that week isn't just a, um, isn't just like one week in our life, and we live that li- that week like it's a lifestyle, and we just like give praise to God like every day, and we just worship Him every day like we can as much as we can, and get to know Him better, and just live in His Word, and um, that's all I got. Thank you, Jackson, for that. God's going to use this man of God right here. Um, But my name is Ronnie. Uh, I'm one of the interns here at River Oaks. And I'm going to jump right into it because I don't have a lot of time. But um, I wanted to talk today about just normal, everyday, day-to-day Christianity. But before I do that... I just wanted to glimpse on just the gravity of the gospel really quick because I truly believe we need to be renewed by the gospel every single day. Um, You see in Romans it says that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's this massive gap between me and God because God and sin cannot be in the same room together. And there's nothing for me to do to to, to jump that gap. And I want to paint this illustration real quick. If I'm standing in front of a judge and, you know, I, I... committed this horrible crime, I can't tell him I did all these good things and it's just going to cancel out the crime, right? Like there has to be a punishment paid and I have to pay it. And it's the same thing with God. Um, Like I'm standing in front of God and that sin has already been committed and there has to be a price paid. And that's the whole point of the gospel is God seeing that and that there's nothing I can do to reach him. So he decides to, to humble himself and enter his own creation as a dependent baby and living among his creation, going through their weaknesses yet without sinning and getting betrayed by one of his best friends and then getting mocked and beaten and spit on in the face by his own creation and killed, not just taking on the sin of the whole world, but becoming actual sin on the cross. And then three days later, raising back to life, defeating death, and all that for what, right? So just so I can, uh, he can save me from hell, or just so I can go to heaven. No, he, he died to make you a son. He died to make you a daughter. He died to restore the relationship that was in the garden. It says in Genesis 3 that God was walking in the cool of the air. He was literally going on strolls with Adam and Eve, and he wants to do the same thing with us. And I believe that so many times, like me included, I believe that we treat having like a relationship with God um, as like, you know, an, an equation or a formula where, you know, I'm going to go to church on Sunday. I'm going to read my Bible here and there. But Um, In reality, God has emotion. He has personality. And when I'm, you know, in a relationship with someone I love, I am spending more time with them to get to know them more and to fall more in love with them. And it's the same thing with God. There's this thing called the Holy of Holies in the Old Testament where the high priest, uh, once a year, he would um, go into the presence of God to atone for the people's sins and for his own sins as well. And he'd have to go through all these different details 
details and small things to be able to enter the presence of God. And they'd even tie like a bell around his neck and a rope around his legs just in case he does something wrong where he would die in the presence of a holy God. Well, I want to tell you today that the blood of Christ made a way for you to have access to that same holy of holies 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's called the secret place. The secret place is the most essential thing in our walk with Christ where I'm just meeting with God by myself. I am pouring my heart out to God and letting him pour back into me through scripture. And a quick side note about scripture, the Bible is not just this ordinary book, but there's actual power behind those words. It says in John 17, 17, Jesus says, sanctify them by the truth, your word is truth. So God uses the Bible to make you become more like Jesus and less like the world. But it, the, back to the secret place, it's the Matthew 6, 6, but when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. We see that every time in the Old Testament where God would give Moses or Abraham like a, a command, they, there would be a meeting with God where it, they would be empowered to carry that command out. Psalm 91.1 says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So we see here that we cannot abide without the secret place, without dwelling in the secret place. John 15, 5, Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me or abide in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't overcome temptations. You can't overcome jealousy, greed, or envy or addictions because it is impossible to, to beat those things. It is impossible to abide. But just like walking on water is impossible, it is impossible for men as possible for God. Um, like we see Peter was able to walk on water as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, right? But then as soon as he looked at the waves of doubt and temptations, he sunk. And the only way that we can keep our eyes on Jesus is through the secret place. And so we see that everything we do will, will stem from the secret place. Uh, we're just, we're spending time with God alone, and, and like spending time in the word. And I wanted to hit on a few of those points. Uh, number one, our worship will stem from the secret place. You see, public worship is supposed to be an overflow of what is happening in the secret place. I remember I was worshiping at a gathering last year and, you know, I was on my knees, you know, raising my hand, jumping around. And then God hit me with this idea and he was like, you know, are you doing that in the secret place? Because if you're not doing that in the secret place, then you're doing that for other people and not for me. And I was like, wow, God. But number two, community will stem from the secret place because the more God is pouring into you, that's how much more you can pour out into the body of Christ. And that's one of the reasons my friends and I started evangelizing at App State is because we noticed that people were getting caught up in, you know, the community bubble where they started like making other people's faith their faith. When we see the, the purpose for community and we see this all through our acts is that we can fellowship with one another, encourage one another so that we can go out and make disciples and then bring them into this uh, community. So community is great, but it doesn't just stop at community, which leads me to number three, which is evangelism. Evangelism will stem from the secret place, and this is where I want to settle uh, a little bit, but it's the same concept. The more God is pouring into me, that's how much more I can pour out into other people because I cannot pour out from an empty cup. Um, but 
I don't know about you guys, I've been seeing this shift this past like year and a half where I truly believe that we're in a season of revival. And I know that revival is such an overused word, but I've been seeing literally random people get, say, give their life to Christ in the middle of App State's campus. Random people at gas stations at Chipotle. There's just been this move of God that's been happening, even like, uh, you know, in colleges and uh, high schools and with our own youth group. Like this youth group is not normal. They pray for random people on the street. So we see that there's this, this move of God. And I believe if the church as a whole, like the body of Christ, doesn't step up to obedience, we will miss it. Like if I don't step up to obedience, I will miss it. I will miss being part of something that God is doing in this generation. Um, I, you see, if, if like the gospel was like a one-way ticket to heaven, right? Like why are we still here? You know, why didn't we teleport the moment that we believed is because we all have a purpose and we see that purpose and the last thing Jesus is telling us to do in Matthew 28 19 through 20 is therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I'm with you always to the very end of age so we see that this command is not just for the pastor or for the evangelist but it's for every single person in the body of Christ but you see it's, it's actually impossible to go out and make a disciple. And look what he says though in verse 20, and surely I will be with you always to the very end of age. So he's saying you can't do this by yourself. I will be with you. I will be speaking through you. I will be making disciples through you. In Matthew 26, and I don't have time to read this, but we see Peter denying Christ in, in front of a little girl. Uh, and then we fast forward to Acts 2, where he preaches to thousands and 3,000 people give their life to to Christ on the spot. And it's like what happened in between it is Acts 1 where Jesus promised for John the Baptist for John baptized with water but in a few days you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. We see that Peter was baptized by the Holy Spirit. He received the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you if you are under the blood of Christ today that you have the Holy Spirit within you. And if you're not a believer, I'm sure there's so many wonderful people that will be waiting on the prayer table outside on your way out to and they would love to talk with you and pray with you and there's nothing more simple than the gospel to repent and to believe but if you are a believer you have that same holy spirit uh within you and this is what jesus promises in matthew 28 20 where he says i'm with you always to the very end of age i want you guys to imagine the scenario with me imagine if jesus walks in here at river oaks in the flesh gets up here gives the best sermon you've ever heard in your life what Jesus says in John 16, that it is better for that not to happen so that you can have the Holy Spirit within you. We have the God of the whole universe living within us to empower us, to speak through us, and to use us. And we just have to be willing and just give him our yes. That's all we need to do. He's the one doing the hard work. He's the one saving souls. Ever since I just gave God my yes, and I was like, God, whatever it is you want to do, just do it through me. I am willing and I'm available. And I started praying for opportunities to share the gospel. He's been providing them nonstop, back to back to back, where I, it's just these insane opportunities and just random situations where people are giving their life to Christ, lives are getting changed. And all I did, I was just giving my yes. We have nothing to lose and everything to gain when sharing the gospel with someone. Um, there 
our people, when I say like there's nothing to lose in the sense of like we have no idea what persecution is like because I know that like some people are overseas and you know they go out to share the gospel and they say goodbye to their families and expecting not to see them again. And you know if people make fun of us, praise God, compared to a whole eternity being changed. But something I want to encourage you guys with, every time that I've shared the gospel with someone, almost every single time, and I'm not exaggerating this, it has been a positive opportunity um, where so many crazy testimonies have stemmed from it and people were just like giving their life to Christ on the spot. We're seeing so much hunger um, and so many people are just like waiting for our yes and they're ready to give their life to Christ. And what brings me so much peace is that God could use that conversation today or he can save that same person 10 years from now from the conversation that I had with them today. So it's a win-win. And I want to wrap this message up into two points, but I hope that uh, I was able to deliver that normal everyday Christianity is radical Christianity. Like radical Christianity is biblical Christianity. Uh, But I just want to sum it up into two points. One, set a time and a place where you are meeting with God by yourself in the secret place place. Like it just blew my mind when I realized that God of the whole universe just finds pleasure and enjoyment when I tell him about my day, even though he already knows. So pour your heart out to him. Let him pour into you through scripture alone. And number two, just give him your yes. Give him your yes and ask him for opportunities to share the gospel and then be willing to go out and he will show you glory like you have never seen before. To live a life centered around knowing him in the secret place and making him known in the outside world. To know him and to make him known. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you so much, God, for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for each and every single person here, God. I pray that we just all give you our yes, Jesus, because that's all we need to do. You're the one doing the hard work, God. I just pray that you use us as vessels, God. What an honor it is to be used as vessels for the God of the whole universe. Use us as vessels to mark this generation with your love, Jesus. There's so much hunger around us. There's so much people who are just waiting for our yes, God. And I just pray, God, that you use us, God, that you make us disciples, makers, God, and warriors for your kingdom, God. Wherever we go, revival sparks because wherever we go, the God of the whole universe goes because you live within us, Jesus. I thank you, Lord, uh, for what you've been doing in this generation, for what you've been doing in this youth group, God, and I can't wait to see what is to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.